How you doing, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Michigan High School Hang Time, the Hoops Podcast. We are fired up. We are ready to go. Scott Bernstein, TJ Kelly here. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot this week, a lot of big games happening uh, just this past weekend. Obviously, what happened on Tuesday, we had some great stuff. Scott and I were at uh, a stunner, if that's what you want to call it. So we're going to get into all that. Matt Mowry will be here. Dan Young and TJ Kelly are going to go toe-to-toe. Uh, in our B-Camp segment as we kind of talk about the state of summer basketball team camps, reaching higher, that whole kind of thing. Uh, So you want to make sure you tune in for that. But first, I want to thank our sponsors, of course, the MHSAA, Hungry Howies. We're presented by Lawrence Technological University and B-Camp themselves. So let's get into it. Some hang time highlights. I know we had some championship action that took place in the MAC over the weekend, um, talk about uh, you know some of what went down. Romeo Weems went down. <laughs> Caleb, Caleb Bates. Well, they didn't go down. They went. They went up. And right. they say this, and definitely in the sporting, they sporting were column. They were. They were. They were lifted. And yeah, the uh, uh, New Haven wound up beating Roseville, St. Clair. Uh, excuse me, Lakeshore. Um, with Kate led by Caleb Bates, huge game, forty-four points, seventeen Bates rebounds, is putting or something up like that. Video game like numbers this yep. year. Yeah, just been a, a, a stat monger. And uh, I would like to see some Division two schools kind of start uh, getting in on him. I know that his, his recruiting has been a little slow, but this is a guy that's putting in over 30 a night, and he's 6'7", and uh, he can go inside out. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I, in, in my opinion, I think that he'll probably get those opportunities because they're more than likely going to play Roseville. And I know that quite a few guys are going to be in to see um, Big John O over at Roseville. Um, but then also, uh, how about East Detroit? East Point beats yeah, Warren Lincoln. I mean, you talk about two programs that are probably going to wind up making a little bit of a resurgence. I'm not even sure that there should be a resurgence just because, of, you know, ever since 1966, yeah. as somebody was pointing out earlier today. What division are they in? Uh, are they, they are in the, the playoffs? In the state uh, playoffs? Uh, they're both in, um, excuse me, uh, Warren Lincoln's in B and... Two. And or excuse me, Division Two, and I believe East Point's in Division okay. One. Um, Division I One. Okay, I, I didn't know I, if East Point would be yeah. big enough to be in Division One. Yeah, I, yeah. I believe our, our the big boss man here, Lupin Hante, yes, is yeah, East yeah, Detroit yes, alum, yes, he played just, for the basketball, yeah. Yeah, he played just, basketball and football. Yeah, he was just talking he, about he was, that. He was, yeah, he was just bragging about. Well, let's say this: they were undefeated, twenty-seven and zero. I got the whole spiel. Yep. they beat Ferndale twice in the season. Yep, lost to Ferndale. At the Genesis uh, Fieldhouse. At the Genesis the Fieldhouse. They, they, they beat, a, I think they beat a, a Cass Tech team, or sorry, they beat a Mumford team in the regional finals that had Steve Fishman, the attorney, mm-hmm. and Larry Moore, who's the Over former, West, former West Bloomfield boys and girls coach, whose grandson, Donovan Moore, is one of the best players in the state. And West Bloomfield's actually had a couple They had a chance to win recently. at the buzzer, did East yep. Detroit back yep. then. They, uh, five seconds ago, went up, thought he was fouled, missed the shot, game D- Darn double rims, yeah. 19, 20th Those century double, double rims. rims. Playing, yeah, rims. Playing, with, playing with chain link fence, uh, okay, chain we, link nets. We, we digress. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, East, yes, East yes. Point. Um, but yeah, um, Nate Manoy is the new head coach, if the name is familiar. Uh, played at Purdue, transferred over to Central Michigan, uh, and kind of looking over at him, I'm like, guy, it looks kind of familiar. But for them to win, I think that those are the 14th or 15th win of the season. That's probably more wins than they've had the like, past three or four years. I've watched some really bad East Detroit teams. Right. Probably the first time I ever left a game early was watching East Detroit, and I think that might have been in the second quarter. You know, and I was just yeah. like, I got to get out of here. This yeah. is this isn't healthy for me. Right. Um, right. But yeah, so uh, but yeah, hats off to East Detroit. You know, just uh, changing everything around there. Uh, Wydell Henry uh, over at uh, Warren Lincoln, the new head coach there, you know, turning some things around there. And so, hey, it's it's good to see a little bit of uh, some resurgence yeah. um, and some new blood. I mean, I really like the coaches 
um, you know, that are that are young and that are yeah. that are in Macomb County. And if yeah. you look at some of the guys that are that are retiring, I know Voss at Chippewa Valley, he's retiring. Um, I know I'm, I'm not going to speak on what Essler's going to do and some of these other guys, you know, but you know, in the maybe five next five six years, you know, but to have some guys that are far away from AARP. Yeah, um, the first and, and, and with thing. Roseville losing still, they're super young coach yeah, and yeah. again a team that Coach Niz, what, yes. what a yeah. great job, yeah, yeah. yeah. great job yeah, by Coach Niz. Yeah. Tons so. of energy. Hats off to Tar- to Daryl France for. Uh, you know, for uh, for the vindication fulfilling, and fulfilling all the expectations that you yeah that and, you had set and, for and, them and yeah and then also beating uh, Roseville who they lost to earlier and yeah. their only blemish yeah we so. also had the uh, Detroit Catholic League mm-hmm. championships yeah I was uh, out there Saturday night usually it's a Sunday afternoon affair they uh, made it a nightcap this year uh, at Callahan uh, five o'clock was the CD game where Royal Oak Shrine uh, beat Ann Arbor Green Hills for. Uh, their second CHSL title in four years. Mm. Uh, Coach Jim Skaggs has done a good job coming in there and uh, getting that program back to prominence. They got the Masucci brothers, uh, AJ and Anthony, uh, mm. both played really well. Uh, AJ had 15, Anthony had 20. Um, they're the sons of Mike Masucci, the former Shrine coach, former Royal Oak no. coach, former Kirk Keener assistant on some of those Shane Batty state title teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then mm-hmm. in the uh, the, uh, the 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 primetime affair, uh, the main event, yeah. uh, UD Jesuit went for s- their, their seventh straight Catholic League AB division yeah. title. Unprecedented. Uh, yeah. Unprecedented. The most we've, we talked about on, yep. the, on the last episode, the, the most anyone had reeled off in a row before that was four straight, and that was back in the 1950s. They've now... Uh, uh, up the ante by three, mm. and uh, just you know played a great game of basketball. Uh, we're firing on all cylinders, doing it inside, doing it outside, doing it with defense. Um, Julian Dozier just continues to impress me. This guy is uh, uh, just a force of nature in the backcourt. Someone who plays so much bigger than his size. He's only about five nine, five ten, um, and he's our, he's a, you know he's a Division one recruit as a. As a small guy, um, but you know, if this guy was six two, six three, he'd be going high major. Um, he just he he does everything to make your team win. Uh, uh, he's a leader. He's a facilitator. He can score. He scored twenty five points. Had eight assists, five steals, five rebounds. Was just imposing his will all over the hardwood. Uh, Jalen Thomas, their their uh, their rim protector, headed to UMass. Thirteen points, ten rebounds, six blocks, and they were some big blocks. Uh, uh, down the stretch to to, to keep uh, Catholic Central at bay. Uh, Catholic Central just really hit a wall. It was a very close game back and forth for most of the game. And then the final four minutes, uh, Jesuit went into lockdown mode on defense and um, only allowed one field goal in the final four minutes from Catholic Central. Justin Rukat for, for CC continues to uh, uh, have just a uh, uh, a breakout year. Uh, he's a center. He was really good his sophomore and junior year. This year he's great. Um, he can go outside and can hit the three now. Uh, he had 18 points, 14 rebounds. Was really their 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 I don't want to say their lone bright spot, but a, a bright spot. Davis Lukomsky, their senior uh, forward, had 15 points and about seven rebounds. But uh, I, I expect Catholic Central to make a run. I expect them to get out of their district and and make some noise in the regionals. Jesuit. Frankly, I, I we I, talked about it before that I, we, we think I, you know I think this is this, is, this is Breslin or bust. Yeah, um, I expect I expect them to be in the state finals, if yeah. not uh, raising a banner yeah. and uh, bringing that state title home uh, that they had a couple years ago in the Cash Winston era. Yeah, uh, well, we get to see them again when they play Cash Tech uh, here on Friday at 
uh, Callahan Hall, Operation and before then, Friendship. You know, Operation yep. Friendship, and before then, you've got Catholic Central and Renaissance. Yeah. Um, you, or excuse me, uh, Cast Tech wound up beating Renaissance in the PSL Championship handily. Uh, yeah, handily, and that was I mean they and, that, and it was a packed house yeah, at Cast Tech. I know a lot of people are talking about you know should they have it at Cobo? They should have a University of Detroit. Yeah. My thing is economically efficiency thinking. You know, to have it at Cast Tech, and you know, I mean, there probably were fifty people, a hundred people, maybe that didn't get into the game. Yeah, but hey, it was it was the crowd was electric. I yeah, mean, it, it was. was. There was, I and mean, it the, didn't it was, feel it was stuff. No, not a, because yeah, you know right. they kind of cleared the win, You know, the the um, the track mm-hmm. up top. That you know they were really good about keeping people yep. off of there. Yep. So it felt more open and, and breathable. But yep. Um, yep. They, I was they, actually was on the track. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I was hanging out with Brian Ellerby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from Morgan State, he was here. Uh, watching uh, a couple of guys. Well, and they have uh, the little the suite up there too. Yeah, you know? oh, I think that that's great. Yeah. They should definitely that should be the VIP. Yeah, the you VIP, know, and then yeah. put up another TV or something like that. Right, watch right. whatever's yeah, going on yeah. ESPN during yeah. halftime. I went there and filmed that, and they um, they were great. Yeah, you know, and uh, they yep. were they were uh, so de- you know, we're going to talk about depth in this because you know when we get to the Oxford team, we can talk about depth and and. Uh, Cass just kept rolling players out, and they just kept hitting big shots. Yeah, yeah. you know, fifteen uh, off the bench for. Um, was it? I don't have my. Was it Josh Harris? No, no, it wasn't Josh. It was. Um, oh well. well. Yeah, well, let's well, say this: they yeah. had a lot of guys that were all scoring. threes. They were all threes. Yes, yeah. yeah, and uh, it was from third quarter on, and yeah, everybody played great, and uh, unfortunately, Cass or uh, Renaissance was just outmatched. Right. I yeah. talked to Steve too after the game, and I think that he said he mentioned that maybe he's the only the second coach. Maybe third coach ever to win PSL titles with two different teams. Um, he wound up winning in Northwest with Northwestern um, with Eric Evans, uh, Julian Gentry um, back then, and you know they they did a fantastic job there. Um, now that this is his third PSL title, know that Perry Watson has three. Imagine that Coach Golston has three over yeah. at Pershing. Um, we'll see who else has. You know, we probably can look through the record books and stuff like that. Yeah. But, but yeah, um, you know, Steve Steve's putting himself in, or Coach Hall is putting himself into, uh, you know, elite company. Um, when when that happens, he's already got some state titles. He's I'm got sure three that, state championship yeah. rings, three state yeah. championship and the Class rings. D rank. Yeah, yeah. So, At, uh, Rogers. Uh, yeah. With so, Eric Evans, by the with way, Eric we Evans. brought from Rogers to Northwest. Yes, yes, when yes. Rogers closed, yeah. right? I got my note. Daniel Autry came off yep. the bench, dropped fifteen yep. points, all from three point range. Um, uh, He's my, you know, my my sniper yeah, extraordinaire yeah. in the yeah. PSL, best yeah. shooter in the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, exactly. Again, uh, you know, when I was doing the highlights, so many guys uh, were were getting it done. I want to give well, also Khalil Whitehead had a, had a nice game. Yeah. He did, he yes. did. He he was solid yeah. right off the bat. Uh, played really well, but you know the guys we don't often talk about in. Um, but the the Hill kid played all right. I mean, yeah, Anthony Kyles. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, really well. Uh, you know, he was hitting threes. He was hitting uncontested. You know, again, it was 58-43 after three. Cass hit 50% from the field in the game. So, it's tough to uh, lose. So they rolled. Tough uh, to beat teams that are doing Yeah, that. exactly. Um, uh, I know you guys, just looking at our notes, uh, Brother Rice had a big shot over Douglas. Huh? They're, yeah. they're, they're playing Brandon. well down the yep. stretch. They got a winnable district. Um, Ricky Palmer coming over there, coming out of uh, hibernation from the last five years, was a big part of that. Uh, the back end of that Country Day dynasty mm-hmm. uh, learned under Kurt Keener, and he's coming in, um, implementing a lot of that uh, Keener basketball, uh, winning basketball at Brother Rice, and they, you know they, they they encountered some growing pains early on, and it's tough playing in that Catholic Central, but. Uh, they've looked good these last couple of weeks. I know that they they won a, a, in the showcase uh, over the weekend, and they won yep. again. I believe they beat 
Port Huron or Port Huron yeah, North, Port Huron. Northern yep. uh, this last couple of days. Does that, say how, does that say how tough the Catholic League is, though? Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, what, they won one or two games in the, if that? Yeah. In the, in the, you know, so, and then yeah, we've also got U of D. So. Yeah, and U of, U of D is, you know, uh, the front runner, in my opinion, probably in our opinion. Um, yes. To win the to win the Division One title, I would and say so. so. They're the favorites. Hey, yeah, they, if you want to win in the district, will come after. Us, they okay. got yeah. and, and Rice has a quiet assassin, just a silent assassin, a quiet assassin. However you want to yeah. say it, and, and yeah. John Brantley, yeah. he's only a junior, uh, one of the leading scorers in Metro Detroit. Yeah, he's uh, one who hit the shot. He hit the game yep. winning uh, uh, three against yep. Douglas and 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 their star Pierre Brooks over the weekend at Bradford. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you know, with him and uh, sophomore Miko Stewart, who got eligible at the at the MLK break, came over from Country Day. Uh, you know, the future's bright at Brother Rice, and I expect them next year to to uh, be a player in that Catholic League race. I, I could definitely see. That. I think the, anything under five hundred would kind of be, you know, that not not within the game plan. But then yeah. again, finishing five hundred, even then the Catholic League, you know, even though they UOD loses a lot, I think that and as well as Catholic Central, I still think that it'll be a pretty tough league. Let's get in quickly with uh, what happened last night, and when I say last night, meaning Tuesday, and that was Oxford and Pontiac getting together for the OAA Blue Title. The atmosphere was so yeah. insane. Right. Uh, the, the the intensity was so thick you could have cut it yep. with a knife. No doubt, just electric at the at the Cy Gr- Green Gymnasium at the old Pontiac Northern High School, which is now Pontiac yep. High School. Yep. Um, the buzz that surrounded that game, the the capacity crowd, the city of Pontiac hasn't experienced that, and this is a a, a hoop mecca. And yeah. they haven't experienced that in over a decade. So right. it was really special to be in the gym and be a part of that. Yeah. Now, that all and, said. And then they started the game. As great yeah. of an right. atmosphere as it was, was as non-competitive as a game it, as it was. Because yeah. Oxford came in there, the OA blue title on the line, two teams that were 17-1, and one, slugging it out. And... Uh, it was like uh, you know, it was like Drago versus right. Apollo in Rocky Four, right. where uh, like, yeah. uh, Oxford came in there. Most of just, Mike Tyson's early yeah, career, they just, yeah. they just landed uh, a number of haymakers. So they got hit in the mouth. Oh, yeah. the, the game plan, the, the plan had changed. No response, yeah. and Oxford was just off to the races. Yeah. Uh, uh, they, they, they annihilated right. the Phoenix, yeah. 76 39. Yeah. And it wasn't that running close. Clock. Yeah. It wasn't that close. Uh, yeah. Wow. It wasn't that and close. Oxford was, in my opinion, this game was a, a, a warning shot yeah. to Clarkston, who they could face next week in the district finals. Yes. And Clarkston's <laughs> last loss this year was to Pontiac. Right. And this was. Oxford going into Pontiac's own crib yes. in a full gym and yes. punking the Phoenix yes. and kind of sending a a, a, a greetings card to, to, to Clarkson. We'll be waiting for you next week. Yes. And if you think we're a pushover, you, you, you know, you think again well, because we, we're we're gunning for that crown. We're we, gunning to knock you off of the pedestal, and we we're, we're going to make it so you don't you don't get a three peat. By the way, we'll have the highlights of that game on State Champs this Sunday at nine AM Fox Sports Detroit. We'll have it up on social media here by Thursday night. So if that's when you're watching this, it's probably up there already. You want to see who who were the uh, standouts, and there were so, several. Yeah, Clarkson's got uh, a great front court. To my Oxford. What did I say? Clarkson? You said Clarkson. Sorry. But again, if you watch them, this is, was our point. Like, we were talking with the, actually the Oxford scorekeeper after the game, and she's like, all we got is Clarkson on our mind, Clarkson in the district. But you watch them, they wear the blue and yellow uniform. It looked like Clarkson. They, they play discipline. They play like they, Clarkson. They, they, they can shoot the ball. Yeah. They're, they're tough on the block. Right. They, you know, they, they, they match Kinda up very skinny well. Skinny guards. They match yeah. up well with but Clarkson. It's a size. good matchup yeah. for them. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, Oxford, like real stars. they have a. 
uh, a tremendous front court in Mike Raish and Trey Townsend. Uh, Mike Raish, you know, I call him the we hardest. Were talking about Trey Townsend. Hardest work. Mike Raish to me is the hardest working yeah. man in the OAA. Uh, just you know, a, a walking, talking human floor burn. Yeah. A type of guy that is just the definition of a workhorse, a sir grind a lot. Yeah. Twenty one points, twelve rebounds. Just has a motor that's going one hundred and fifty miles an hour, uh, baseline to baseline, all four quarters. Yep. Yep. Trey Townsend uh, could be the most underrated college recruit in the whole OAA as a wing. Uh, almost the, you almost go by the state. In and my he, opinion, he's all he's of a, a max he's a, all of a max he's a six, six, all of a horizon. He's player. a yes. six six wing with swaggy yeah. with swagger and yeah. savvy yeah. and intelligence. Killer athleticism. Yeah, killer instinct. Uh, a slasher who can also shoot. His little brother Zach Townsend, who's a sophomore, looked really good. He yeah. had fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh Trey had nineteen fifteen in the first half. Yep. Um, just couldn't stop them. Yeah. And then the, you, you got a, a, a nice ba- you got a nice backcourt yeah. of guys that are are more than serviceable. Yeah. Uh, Logan Coughlin, the point guard, yep. Connor Nicholson, uh, the the shooting guard, and then uh, Dejon Williams is is a nice combo. Uh, and those guys, you know, they'll be able to hold their own against that that Clarkston uh, uh, freshman phenom backcourt of of Keegan Wasilk and and, and Fletcher Lawyer. Um, and then because defensively they're. Uh, they just don't stop. Yeah, you know what I mean. They just get, and the great thing again is their depth is where you know guys. They are were rolling gas, guys in. They were playing eight guys. nine guys yeah, and exactly. yeah. uh, playing and, and, playing and fast. No drop off. No drop off. Playing fast and furious and uh, and smart. Um, and uh, they just they they rolled, man. They yeah. were uh, they were uh, they were just juggernauts. Last and, night. I, and we were talking too. You know, this is new. This is uncharted waters for them. For, this is their first league title. First and, league title in. Five years, five but years. only the second league title in 40 years. 40 years. Wow. The one they won a couple years back was the OAA gold, gold, which I used to kind of jokingly call the OAA pink, which was the, the lower tier Scott of the Burns OAA that. that they've now eliminated. So now that yes. was when there was four uh, OAA conferences. Yeah. Now they're down to three. Yeah. And uh, this the, the, this was the lowest one, the blue. Yeah. And, and it was a battle. I mean, it, it was a real war for that OAA blue title yep. between Ferndale uh, Oxford and Pontiac. Yeah, who they lost to. Uh, Oxford's only loss Oxford's was to Ferndale a week ago Ferndale. Monday or something. Yeah. Yeah. Ferndale's going to be tough. I just saw them last night. Yeah. You know, and They're gaining steam as the year goes yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. As, and I think the thing is, guys are finding out, you know, Juan Rickman coming over. I mean, he knows the guys that, that he knows. But, you know, what other guys are on that team? Right. Um, well, everyone was talking know, about the transfers. All, and they, they, they and were, only one play, only, only one, one of them, of them is got a, eligible. That was Sudi McElroy. But he's a game changer, averaging 25 a night. But a guy that was there when 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 Juan got there, that in my opinion, probably the most improved player in the OAA and the entire OAA, Tiante McKeithen. Yeah, uh, I mean the kid the kid shot it. Uh, let's say this: I want to say that you and you and you're bringing, you know, the most improved. Sometimes that coaching system, you know, because right. Juan comes over and he wants his guys to shoot it. You know, I mean, look at Kamari Newman. Look at some of the guys that, you know, that he's had in the past. Yeah. You know, I mean, Sudi, for example. Uh, I mean, Sudi's never met a shot that he, I mean, it's right. like, ah, oh, 35 feet. Let me step in. Let me step in, you know, and now I'm at 30 yeah, and I'm comfortable. Sudi's you know? range starts in the parking lot. Yeah. Right. Um, and, but, yeah, he, the kid loves to, loves to shoot the ball. And I think the one thing with uh, McKeithen is now he's got, now he's in a, an opportunity where he does get to shoot the ball, especially earlier in the season when, you know, they were still trying to find out if Sudi was going to be eligible or not. And the thing is, they want to beat in Harrison pretty, I mean, pretty square. I think that Ferndale has an opportunity. That that district, that region, you know, they've got Warren Lincoln we just talked about. You know, but I really can think, I think that Ferndale has a chance to make it out of that. And then I think they would go on to play 
um, like the Pontiacs, New Havens, and stuff like that. Where I don't think that they're going to get that far. But yeah, um, yeah, the, um, McKeithen did not play last night. Um, so we'll see what's going on with with that. I mean, he was on the bench in street clothes, so you know, so maybe it was just a little bit of rest before the playoffs start and before a long a long planned run by the by the Rickman by the Rickman Eagles. Okay, quick. the Rickman Net Rippers. Yeah, the exactly. Rickman Net Rippers. Um, lastly, and just just super quick because we're already running long, mm-hmm. uh, is um, Pioneer beats King. Are we concerned about King? And where I know they've had obviously they play great competition. I mean, Pioneers um, got you know two yeah, at least two, two Division, division I know, One kids I on know, their yeah, roster. Yeah, no, I know yeah, they do. Pioneer was solid. Drew Lauder was was really solid going to Holy Cross. Yeah, to me, know, he's and, the top pure point yeah, guard. Yeah, he's great uh, in the senior class. Yeah, yeah. I, I love what Drew Lauder brings. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, he makes shots. Of uh, Kishon Pryor, um, the six eight unsigned senior. Uh, Temple was there. Oakland was there watching him. Um, I don't think that's a bad loss. Yeah. No, no, I don't. I don't think it's a bad loss. I'm in looking at King. I think that in the semifinals when they're playing Renaissance, they're looking towards Cass. If I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. Right. You know. But I think that they're looking towards Cass in Game Three, looking for towards Game Three, and then kind of the lull, like you know, hey, we wanted to win the city title. We're not winning a city title. Here we are playing against Pioneer. No, no, it was a good, but it just doesn't have the same value to them, in my opinion, as right. as a city championship. But hats off to Pioneer. Yeah, um, I think that they're a team that, hey, let's say this next Wednesday, you give me Pioneer, give me Huron, give me Ipsy, and give me Ipsy Lincoln, all playing at Belleville. Uh, get there about three o'clock in the afternoon, right? Two thirty, right? You know, as soon, as soon get lunch if you can. Yeah, and kudos to Hanover Horton. Yes, takes down Ypsilanti yeah. Lincoln last yeah, number night. T- number two team in in Division three. I really like them when I saw them play earlier in the season, uh, um, January twenty sixth at Belleville in the Fast Break Invitational. They lost to a really good Toledo St. Francis team, and you know, I saw the AP poll. They dropped them, and you know, a couple of other. I was pretty much convinced that the only team that wouldn't would have a chance of beating Toledo St. Francis in Division Three is Flint Beecher, and that's why they're number one. And I'm keeping Hanover Horton at two for the last few weeks. Got it, got it. Uh, quickly, what's uh, what's up with your rankings? What's what's going on? Uh, I mean, d- d- pretty much Division One. I mean, everybody's staying pretty much at the top there. Uh, Benton Harbor beats Rouge, the former number one team in Division Two. So I want to move in Benton Harbor up. Uh, Excuse me. I want to move in New Haven up to to number one because they want to win in their MAC championship. Uh, I think I moved Benton Harbor to number two. Uh, Williamston. I bumped them down to three, even though they can, you know, either easily be number two. They could be number one. They could be number four. But I really think that those the top four teams, and then I move Rouge down to four. I think that those four teams are the teams to beat in the state title. I mean, you can flip coins all day long. Yep. Um, but you know, any, those are the teams to beat, and any one of them can win on any given day. Okay. All right. So um, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to go into the grab bag, some uh, Mr. Basketball power rankings, and we'll have some uh, state playoff dark horses and favorites. So that's coming up right after the break. Fundraising should be fresh, flavorful, and simple. We have the perfect solution at Hungry Howie's. Dough Razor. Your team or school can sell paper pizza certificates that can be redeemed for one medium pizza at participating locations. We've been doing this fundraiser for about four years and it's the easiest and best and most profitable fundraiser they have in Michigan. Go to doughraiser.com to learn more and sign up. Your next fundraiser comes with flavored crust. Welcome to Hungry Howie's Dough Razor.
All right, welcome back to Michigan High School Hang Time. This is the Hoops Podcast. Uh, we are getting into our grab bag now. We kind of uh, give a topic to each of the gentlemen, and uh, we're going to talk first, Mr. Basketball Power Rankings. Yeah, so I did a power ranking, uh, and really, you know, the, the, the runaway front runner is Romeo Weems. He's probably going to win the award, yeah. but we got to talk about the, the, the rest of the field, and it is wide open. So, uh, number one, you know, with a bullet, uh, Romeo Weems, New Haven, six foot seven, uh, swing man, headed to Paul. I got my number two, Daniel Friday. Doesn't put up the the gaudy stats that uh, that, that Romeo puts up, but man, is he a, is he a, a complete player that does everything that you need to win? Um, just a, a competitor, uh, a, a winning spirit, uh, everything you want in in a playmaker. Daniel Friday, uh, six foot four, guard from Jesuit, headed to Brown, gonna play in the Ivy League. Uh, and then it then it really kind of gets uh, a little murky. Uh, Dylan Jurgens, the best you know, maybe the best small school player in the state in terms of uh, production. He's averaging like forty a night right now. He's tracking towards becoming the MHSAA's all-time leading scorer. Best Jackson. Um, wow. He's over at Howardsville Christian. So you, you got to give him you got to give him a look. He is just the definition of a gunner. You would think. Um, I got number four. I got Joe Moon, Moneyball Moon. Uh, you know, really came out of nowhere this year to establish a, a Mr. Basketball candidacy. Opened the season with you know a, a 37, 38 point games back to back. Kind of a, announced his presence with authority, yep. um, and it, you know has kept it rolling yep. since then. School's all time leading scorer now. Yeah, uh, Chandler Turner at Renaissance is my number five best player in the PSL. Yeah, Mr. Uh, Mr. PSL. PSL yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a, a, a stat stuffer, a guy that that does it uh, both uh, rebounding, scoring. Yeah. Uh, he's a slasher. Uh, it's done a great job of of, of keeping it, that that whole team on the right track, keeping everyone together when it could have been very easy to crumble after Carrington McCaskill left. Yeah, he certainly wasn't the reason they lost in the in the PSL championship. No, he did what he yeah, could do, right. and, and you know, especially in the second half, he yeah, outstanding second half, yeah. a little slow on the first half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then I got Beardis White over at Canton. Um, you know, he's Benny White's son. Just a uh, they beat a, John Glenn not too long ago. A lightning quick point guard that uh, you know he's really a, he's a combo because he's a guy that you know is a true point in the in the sense that he can distribute, he can facilitate, he can quarterback an offense, but man, he can score too. Yes, mm-hmm. and, and he's got a, uh, you know he's just a, a blazer in the open court yeah. um, and a guy that can fill it up from deep. Uh, Caleb Hodgins from Danville, um, one of the best centers in the senior class, if not the best center in the senior class, going to Central Michigan. Uh, really fundamentally sound, great footwork uh, uh, down in the paint. Serquarius Ball, uh, to me, the the best candidate out of the Flint area. You know, he's a football player. He's probably uh, he's going to play football, I believe, at Grand Valley State. But on the basketball floor, he can do a lot of damage. Uh, you know, brings the thunder. Uh, and then uh, I got Drew Louder and Ryan Wade from from Ann Arbor as you know my guys uh, kind of on, on, in the back end yeah. of, the, of that top ten. Uh, Louder, you know, in my opinion, the, uh, the the purest point guard in the senior class. He's at Pioneer, headed to Holy Cross, and then Ryan Wade, more of a wing, also headed to Holy Cross. Yeah. Um, and uh, then I got some sleepers, Caleb Bates. We were just talking about the scoring yeah. machine from Sinclair. Uh, John Ukamadu from Roseville. It's got to you know get a little love. And then Isaiah Lewis at Wayne Memorial is a guy that's been scoring at a similar clip to Joe Moon. Yes. out of that same uh, out of that same league. Constant motor. Uh, and then the last guy I'll shout out Zach Goodline from Coloma, uh, small school guy going to play I believe at the NAIA level at Huntington. But anytime at the high school level that you score over two thousand points, 
you deserve some props. Yeah, so. yeah. Two thousand is two thousand. Yeah, you know, yeah. Or what people say fifty is fifty. That's right. I'll be, like, be like, you scored only forty nine. That's <laughs> close enough. Round up. Whenever you get up above forty five. State playoff dark horses and favorites. Yep. So we've already talked about a little bit about uh, University of Detroit Jesuit. Um, I think that they're, they're going to be the front runner. Yeah. We could have the opportunity to see, and I would love it to see. I think it'd be great. Um, you know, a Final Four of Cast Tech, UD Jesuit, Clarkston, and Muskegon, Hudsonville, Matawan, maybe the dark horse coming out of there. They are undefeated. They just beat, yeah. Cal- they just beat Kalamazoo Central. Nolan Foster, Derek, Dexter Schaus. Dexter Schaus. And so they have to play Kalamazoo Central in the districts at their place. I think Matawan can win again. If that winds up happening, then they'll more than likely have to battle it out with Okemos at some point in the, right. in the, you know, if in Dexter, the regional. If Dexter Schaus had been in Michigan for all four years, he came over from Indianapolis this year. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's a guy that could have been in the Mr. Basketball race. Right? Yeah, he's going to Coastal Carolina. Yep. Uh, you know, another guy that's just a workhorse, six five, six six, and and attacks the basket with ferocity and can score the ball. High energy, plays great defense. High energy. Um, so I think Matawan has a chance to, you know. Create some, create some paths. Not a lot of people are talking about them. They are still no. undefeated, though. Yeah. Um, but I think if the MHSA will be very happy. I don't really see any. I think Carmen Ainsworth, they didn't play Clarkston um, last week because of the snow. Right. I think that Carmen Ainsworth could give Clarkston a little bit of trouble. I think that that battle at Davison in the regional is going to be absolutely phenomenal. Kate um, Coleman. Yep. Uh, Renaissance. You know they have to beat University of Detroit Jesuit, and that's going to be in the second round, I believe, of the of or next Wednesday in, in districts. I'm not sure that they can do that. I don't know if they have the guard play to get by yeah. uh, the superior guard, the outstanding senior guards. Yeah, over and, at UAD and, Jesuit. And, yeah, and we yep. said you know earlier in the show that don't sleep on Oxford if they and Clarkson yeah. get together. Right. You know it could be at some. It could be. I just think you know, they match up. Yeah, well. they really do. Let's say this. I don't think that like. In, in, in past years, all right, you had Cassius, the Cassius-led UAD Jesuit team. That team was going to win. Correct. You know, Clarkston, that team was going to win. I don't, like, as much as I think the University of Detroit there's Jesuit no, is the favorite, yes. it's not. Uh, there's no team there this year no, you're looking at, and you're no like. done deal for yeah, yeah. It's going to be real. Anybody. The Operation Friendship game will be very interesting yes. to see how yep. that plays out. Obviously, Cass has got a lot of swag and confidence yep. right now, and they feel they're as deep as anybody. Uh, how they handle that. Uh, will be will be real interesting. But that makes for an exciting forward. tournament. Yes. In fact, there is no clear I, 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 cut. I think it's great. And the other, the other thing is runner. the other thing is everybody's coming in with the with the, an optimistic, you know, uh, uh, philosophy. It's, it's of there the for the taking. Wow, you, hey, it, this is it, here. This is here. That's my five. You see yeah. a quarter laying on the ground, pick it right. up like an old yeah. man. Right. You know, right. maybe a nickel. Right. You know. Well, but, yeah. yeah but, no, you're but, right. But, and in yeah. Division Two, yeah. you're right. River Rouge yeah. says we can definitely win. Yep. Ben Harbor says ben we Harbor can just definitely said we just, win. We can, we can beat them. And New Haven is New ticked. Haven. New yes, Haven. Exactly. New Haven's ticked off because they haven't. You had won it two years ago. We got to the final four last year. And so I think, but we've also we've had a great preview of I think now these guys are all seen. Yeah. about what we've seen in Class B, now Division Two over the last few years, and seeing River Rouge. Now, is Williamston going to give R- River Rouge a little bit of a hiccup? Right. I mean, they could very well yeah. they could very well do that. I Grand see, Rapids I Catholic like Central might roll through, Catholic through Central. their South side Christian is one of those yeah. scary teams where they were a top 10 team, and they all kind of, they always hover, you know, they're been a yeah. little bit, maybe out of the top 10 early, yeah. but then they want to beat in Catholic Central. They yeah. want to beat yep. in some of these other teams. I like Glen you know, Lake even, in Division 3. Yeah, Division 3, Glen. You've got yeah. Glen Lake. I mean, Beecher's great. Beecher. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. again, they, they can Pawama Westphalia. You know? You know? They're, yeah. uh, they're, 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 they're that, that mid-Michigan powerhouse that, you know, I mean, if you... Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, who's the kid who wound up going to uh, Northwood a couple of years ago? That's killing him. Nick uh, Spolsky. From Puama? Yeah. Um, but anyway, but he, right. wound up, but he wound up leading them to. Um, you know, to the to the Breslin a few years ago. Yeah, I think that while Beecher is the front runner there, I don't think that it's not out of the question to put Puama Westphalia, to put Hanover Horton, to put some of these other teams, you know, out of it. I go back to Division Two. I like Chandler Park Academy. I think yeah. that a lot of people are sleeping on Chandler Park, and they're just rolling. Andre through Bradford. All they're rolling through all their teams. And they've got a ton of seniors on that team. Now you go to Division Four. I think Division Four. It, you know, we've talked about Southfield Christian. This is, you know, if, if they're the they're the front runners. You know, even though they're not defending champs. Yeah, defending defending champs. But I've said you know, Novi. If somehow yeah. Novi Christian yeah. can spring the upset in the district finals, I expect Novi Christian to be playing it at well, Breslin. Well, yeah, well, let's say Mackenzie Blackwell. No, Novi Christian's enrollment will jump up if they beat Southfield yeah. Christian, and they'll never be in Division Four again. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I but the team that I like is um, out of Division Four is Battle Creek Saint Philip. I mean, I I don't while I don't think that that they're going to make it to the Breslin. I think that they can cause enough problems with the Bellevues, with the Athens, um, with the Camden Frontier, some of these other teams that they're probably that they have a chance to see in along the way. But you know, you, as you look through the record, oh, well, they aren't they played this team pretty tight. They played this, and you don't know how the fouls went. You don't know if somebody was sick or something like that. You know, so uh, if, if, if guys that can play, they're used to playing in tight games. They're you know, it obviously helps with their experience. Um, but then also winning tight games uh, helps build the confidence. Yeah. Which you know, there are a lot of usually a lot of tough games or tight games, uh, in when you come to the playoffs. Uh, we will have highlights of the KLAA boys basketball title game from Thursday, and we will have Lakeland Wald Lake Northern's yeah, so L- game. That's the, the main LVC event. The LVC championship game is at Northern, yep. and then when the state tournament starts a couple days later, it's yep. at Lakeland. Yes, mm. exactly. So we'll also have some uh, some boys basketball action uh, from I believe the Lansing area. We'll have it this week, so you'll be able to look forward to that. Uh, and we're going to talk girls next here on the podcast. So make sure you stick around. That Matt Mowry. Coaching basketball is a rewarding and challenging pursuit, but you don't have to do it alone. The Basketball Coaches Association of Michigan are here to support you. BCAM is the largest coaches association in the country with nearly 6,000 members representing college, high school, and middle school ranks. Members have access to drills, clinics, job opportunities, and it's the only way to vote for our annual awards, including Mr. and Miss Basketball. Join today by visiting BCAM.org because better coaching always matters. All right, welcome back to Hang Time. Matt Mowry now in the seat, the digital managing editor for statechampsnetwork.com, which, by the way, is where you get all this stuff we talk about here on the podcast. So, you know, you want to see the rankings, you want to see stories, you want to see Bernie's bites, his blogs, uh, TJ's rankings. Again, all that stuff is at statechampsnetwork.com. We tweet it out, but it's all linking to one hub, and that is the heartbeat of State Champs, which is statechampsnetwork.com. So we want to talk girls' hoops now in our uh, weekly segment, and uh, had a big one. Yeah. Number three, Lansing, East Lansing, number four, DeWitt getting together. They, and they bumped up spots. They were two and three this week. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. There okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and again, this was uh, this was big for DeWitt. It was big for DeWitt because they hadn't lost anybody other than East Lansing in almost three seasons. The last mm. other team other than East Lansing to beat them. Their, their last five losses were against East Lansing. Wow. The, only, uh, the last team to beat them 
was in January, I believe, of 2017. It was Waverly. Uh, so it had been a while. I mean, they'd gone 21 and two each of the last two seasons. And as Coach Bill McCullen said after the after, he felt like there was for his senior class, this class of, you know, kids that's had huge success on the basketball right. court. There was a hole in their resume because they hadn't made any long runs in the tournament. Right. Because they kept running into East Lansing in the district finals, right. and you know, twenty-one and one seasons go poof when you you run up against a team that has your number. Yeah. And so for them to kind of get that monkey off their back uh, on Monday night was was huge. Certainly, it's one of those that you know, after a while, when you have success against everybody else except one team, I can get in your brain a little bit. And so they got that monkey off their back, and they knew they kind of had to concentrate because they still had a little road to go to to uh, cinch up a chair of the the league title. They knew they had a game Tuesday night, and then they went to St. John's, and they lost to St. John's by four. So yeah. that, that's one of those things that happens when you play back-to-backs and you have you know that huge, momentous, oh, yeah. emotional game, and then it's hard to keep things. It's hard yes, to carry that over, yeah. especially one night later. So Yeah, no doubt about it. And, yeah, the emotion, yeah huge high and yeah. a and huge then, low right? <laughs> losing in that one. But uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, otherwise, you know, again, um, good for them. And, you know, the main thing is that now prepares them for districts. I think they feel going into that sure. uh, that they will be. Well, the ready. nice part is they're split up this time. They're yeah. not in the same district, I believe. Oh. And so they'll, they'll at least have a chance. Nice. Um, if, if I'm remembering that correctly, they'll have a chance to, to go in their separate directions. It was interesting. You knew it was a big game when you started seeing players from other teams who were not playing. You know, there were some kids from Williamston who are uh, AAU teammates with some of those DeWitt kids were showing up, and that's obviously a short drive. Yeah. And you see the uh, the crew from Saginaw Heritage show up because they figure that somewhere down the road it's conceivable that they could run into either DeWitt or East Lansing. Sure. So they were interested in, in what was going on. And, and quite frankly, it was just a big matchup between two teams that had a combined total of one loss going into Monday night. Um, and uh, that that loss was the earlier game, East Lansing and DeWitt. That was the only loss that either team had so far. So it was one of those games that, that people wanted to see. Yeah, we have to remember, too, that districts for girls now are two weeks Push away. Back, yep. You know, it's one of these things you got to train your mind. Boys right. start next week, so we're going to start eliminating teams in the boys' yeah. side next week. Girls are the week after that. Uh, girls' final all the way pushed back to March 23rd, which mm-hmm. is usually the boys' weekend. So uh, that's what's happening there. One team we have not, and again, we kind of mentioned this off-camera, is that we really haven't talked maybe enough about Wayne Memorial this year, right. what that team is. Granted, uh, you went to see them against a Heartland team that was down. Yeah, Maybe their two best players are argue, or in Wait, that. Two of, two their, good two of their top four scorers well, there were, you go. were gone, um, and, and ball handlers that you're going to need right. against Wayne. And right. So that was they were kind of handicapped in that right. sense. But but say but, but say nothing else. Wayne is a team that is as good as anybody. Yeah, when you can tie a Miss Basketball candidate behind your back because Janae Terry, yeah. weirdest thing I've ever seen, picked up four first quarter fouls. Mm. The last two on charges, she. Uh, Jarvis put her back in there, you know, to to do a last second shot to try to hold for the last shot, thinking 
we're on offense, she's not going to pick up a foul, and she drives down the lane and picks up a second charge in a row, and all of a sudden, she's sitting on the bench for the majority of the rest of the game. She didn't come back until mid-fourth quarter, so at that point, you've got, you know, your best player, and the other team's missing two of their, you know, top yeah. three or four players, Yeah, and, and it's kind of, it turned into kind of a messy game, and you kind of figured it would, but that's the thing I don't think that people appreciate about Wayne Memorial. Everybody knew how good Cam Clegg was last year, and she was a legitimate, you know, Miss Basketball candidate, Miss yep. Basketball runner-up. Yep. And everybody, when you lose a player like that, I think people unfairly sometimes think, oh, well, they're done for a little while. They're going to yep. have to rebuild. Yeah. We're not a whole lot of rebuilding. You right. Just move up their next Miss Basketball candidate in Janae Terry. Yes. And, and, you know, the, and that's a deep team that's got six kids with Division One offers. It's got three kids with BCS-level offers. That's a really, really good team. There are a lot of teams that, you know, you lose your top three or four players from a given year, and you're going to go through a little rebuilding. But legitimately this Wayne team has kind of flown under the radar probably unfairly because people kind of were going going to expect that they were down a little bit this year given the fact that they lost him as basketball runner-up and and the KLA East is not one where no. there are a whole bunch of you know real right. concentrated you know right. tough matchups but they played they played everybody they could in the non-conference they played Edison twice they played Williamston. They played Whitney Young from Chicago, one of the you know traditional powerhouses yep. in Illinois. They packed that non-conference schedule as much as they could, and now they're getting to the end of the KLA season where they're going to play a Heartland and they're going to play a Brighton, and you know they're going to hope that that's the part that gets them ready for the for the postseason because they're looking to kind of do what they did last year and make a run. It's kind of interesting that this this Heartland Wayne rivalry is is kind of it's not a heated rivalry certainly because they only end up meeting each other either in the KLA tournament or in the MHSA tournament but they they meet pretty regularly yeah. you know Heartland won the KLA tournament by beating Wayne 2 years ago and then Wayne beat them in the KLA semifinals and then again in the quarterfinals and now they meet again in the in the semis so it's one of those where pretty routinely you know that the, these two teams kind of end up hooking up in yeah. the in the postseason well similarly we have uh, Detroit Edison, which is a very similar program. You know, Rikia Jackson's yep. going to be gone next yes. year. Um, but when you look at, um, uh, was it uh, Gabby, Gabby Elliott? Elliott. Okay, Gabby yeah, 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 we, we, yeah, you know. yeah, Gabby yeah. was unbelievable. You know, on Monday, uh, I went out to Edison. Uh, Rikia was surprised with her McDonald's All American jersey. Uh, we did an interview with her. She's a super trip. And uh, we're going to have a nice in-focus feature on state champs this week on Rikia and, you know, where she, you know, kind of, you know, what makes her tick. Mm -hmm. And uh, and her coach was funny. Her coach is like a second mom to her and right. very much uh, because of the relationship that she has with Rikia's mom mm -hmm. and how how far it goes back to right. playing days, uh, softball days. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's pretty fun. Um, but uh, watching Elliot, you know, you know, sticking around and watching the half of that game, uh, you know, you can see that, and you know, Elliot is 
In fact, the McDonald's people who were chatting with were like, boy, that, that you know, I yeah. remind, tell them who it was. They're like, she is really right. good, as yeah. Rikia was, of course. And that's what happens sometimes when you have a Miss Basketball candidate who is a dominant presence, like Clegg was for Wayne last year and like Rakia is this year. Some other kids kind of aren't able yeah. to show necessarily, you know, their full spectrum of right. talents. And, and next year is going to be Gabby's turn to be yeah. kind of the star of the show yeah. because she is a super talented kid too. Yes. But sometimes, you know, when you're the the second kid the, in the pecking order. The Robin order, so to forth. the Batman. Yeah, exactly. Yes. You know, the sidekick some, some, yes. in some respects. Yes. You, you kind of get, you know, you kind of have to defer to the senior star sometimes. And that ends up being, you know, you, you don't get quite as much attention yeah. and then you get your turn to shine. And if we're, and if we're, if it ends up being and only history will tell if Rikia is the goat. Right. You know, right. here, I mean, that's not a bad, a bad person <laughs> right. to uh, be runner up to uh, if that's how it should end up playing out. Uh, when everything is said and done, uh, Wayne and Edison won't play in no, the playoffs no. because they're in two different divisions. Which you know you kind of would hope that would be where they'd get together. But again, they have played twice this year, sure. and uh, both teams have to kind of stack their off season because uh, unfortunately it's just not very competitive. Um, you know, the PSL right. right now just isn't that no. you know strong no. as as it has been in years past. Um, so, um, good on them. Quickly, before we go, uh, what, any movement in the rankings? A little bit of movement in the rankings. And, again, Detroit Edison ends up playing everybody that they possibly can. Yeah. So you see a whole bunch of teams whose only losses are to Edison. <laughs> right. So, yes, which is you know, so you've yeah. got some, some up and down movement. And there wasn't a whole lot. We popped Brighton back into the into the top ten and yeah. in Division One. Um, Ishmael and Westwood, one of the teams in the UP that's, that's had a stellar season at 17-1, and one, coming into the week, popped into the Division Three rankings. It's just kind of interesting when, when you're looking at the the way the the rankings changed from Class A to, you know, now the or class the classes to divisions now. That Division Two, now that Depths of you know popped up into Division Two, they're yeah. really the powerhouse in that division. And then you look at Division One is stacked, and Division Three is stacked, and Division Two is kind of wide open because yeah. there aren't quite as many contenders, especially with a you know a team like a Country Day being right. a little bit down, yeah. and and like a Michigan Center was a B school that went all the way to the semifinals last year. And now they're down in Division yeah. Three. So when you get some movement like that, it's a little interesting to see how you know those those divisions are different than the classes. Right. So not not a ton of, of movement. There'll be a little bit more this week because we had the the three more four matchups and we had the Heartland Wayne matchups. And with some of the conference tournaments, you're yeah. starting to get a little bit of that. So yeah. probably that that next ranking is where you'll see the the movement up and down of some of those teams. Okay, fantastic. You can check it out at StateChampsNetwork.com. Of course. Uh, uh, follow Matt on social media. Your girls basketball Twitter handle again? Full court coverage. Full court coverage. Yeah. Super easy. Yeah. And uh, and again, he's he sees a lot of girls basketball games. So this is the guy uh, to listen to when you know because he sees it all. And uh, we've got a lot of super exciting uh, next couple of weeks happening again with all the league championships. Uh, we're gonna have some crossovers and yep. some you know things yep. of that nature. Uh, that will be taking place. So still some great basketball before we get to the playoffs. And then, of course, we're off and running uh, in a few weeks. And officially, March 4th is yep. the first district yep. date. So uh, we're right around the corner. I mean, it's 
February twentieth. It's, it's coming. It's, it's there, son. <laughs> February is a short month, so right. we'll be there soon. So once again, thank you, Matt, and you. Uh, make sure you check out everything he does. Again, his features and everything uh, at statechampsnetwork.com. Follow him on Twitter, and uh, he's also very active in helping us with our social media in its entirety. So mm-hmm. uh, we are indebted to him, and uh, and it is all good for the game. So stick around. We're going to come back. Dan Young and T.J. Kelly are going to sit down here and discuss kind of the whole summer team camp reaching higher kind of thing that right. is is causing a lot of, I guess, controversy and conversation. So we'll let these guys kind of have at it, and uh, you make sure if you are a Hoops fan, you want to check this out. Uh, that is- so I got my start in officiating when a friend told me I should try it. At first, I just did basketball, and I got hooked. Before long, I added baseball, softball, football, and volleyball. I really enjoy giving back to the game, working with kids, and working with my local association to recruit and train new officials. I would like to say to anybody that officiating is a great way to help kids and stay connected to the game. We always need new officials. There's help wanted, just listen. Hey everybody, welcome back to Hang Time Michigan. Derek Blaylock in the house now, producer of the show. Uh, we also have to give our props to Kia Tyus, who of course is in the room and deals with us each and every week. You can't see her this moment, but uh, she is a gem and we appreciate uh, everybody here at Yellow Flag. With that said, uh, I know that we planned on having the B-Camp segment here, uh, but uh, since it was pre-recorded, uh, it is long. So it's about almost 30 minutes of discussion between Dan Young and TJ Kelly and really talking about the recruitment period of what's happening right now in basketball, how uh, they've got set national dates in June when that can happen. And really in Michigan, we're just going to have one event this year. Anyway, it's a pretty fascinating conversation if you're a coach. If you're a kid, if you're a parent, if you really want to know what is happening as far as nationally and uh, you know, as far as D1 coaches getting a chance to look at kids in the summer, you need to listen to the next conversation. That is going to be coming up next right after this. Uh, and again, you can just kind of take it in. And uh, if you have comments, you can make those on social media. But uh, Derek's here because we encourage you guys. Now, normally we kind of go and fish for some clips and we would have those up right now. But because this show's running a little long, we're not going to do that. But if we've got a lot of big games coming up, tournament uh, title games, we've got district playoffs for boys starting next week. So we'll already be able to talk district playoffs. Uh, we want you to send like really cool clips, game winning clips, big sweet plays uh, to Derek. Derek, how do they do it? Absolutely. Uh, you can tweet at us, uh, State Champs Net, um, on Twitter, or uh, email them to me. Um, email them to me, uh, Derek at yellowflagproductions.com. Once again, that's Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at yellowflagproductions.com. Um, and those are the two ways to do it. That's right. We're getting into the real meat of hang time now. Uh, you know, we'll have another month going on now, but uh, I think the girls uh, end at the end of March, March 23rd or something. So uh, we're going to run all of March, and you know what March is. It's, it's madness, and it's magic, and it's awesome uh, for all basketball fans, you know, high school, college, you name it, pros. So anyway, um, do that. Uh, stick around. The B-Cam segment is next, and it's really cool, and it's very informative. So uh, if you've been wondering about all that we just mentioned, check it out. Ding! Ding! 
welcome to... No, I'm just kidding. Welcome back to uh, Hang Time Michigan here. Dan Young's here, TJ Kelly here. And uh, I think one of the purposes and one of the great uh, reasons we have this forum is that we can take something that is happening in high school basketball and we can talk about it. And uh, we can actually give it a few minutes so that uh, there can be some context and some back and forth. And basically, as, as we've shown earlier uh, on podcasts, is uh, when we were talking about reaching higher. And then we're also talking about Division One coaches and their uh, access and having team camps and uh, things being limited just to June and things of this nature. So we've got both these guys. You know, TJ, of course, has got the pulse of what's happening uh, with a lot of coaches and with a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of basketball, the year-round basketball, AAU, what have you. And then, of course, Dan Young, Executive Director for uh, B-Camp. So this is great for us. And, and uh, we're both E25 guys, Michigan Elite 25 guys. That's right. Here we go right there. That's right. We're, we're, we fight the good fight together. And, yes. and that's all we're doing, right, is, yeah. is, is trying to do what's best for the game sure. and deal with the dealt and the cards that have been dealt. Sure. So, Dan, why don't you start? With where, yes. where we're at? With. Where we're at right now uh, with – or I can have TJ start uh, – where we're at right now in terms of – uh, you know, team camps. Let's start there and why they're okay. not happening. Okay, so when um, Condoleezza Rice's group formed, said they were going to move it into uh, where there is a problem, mm-hmm. uh, then uh, formed another committee, a basketball ad hoc committee, which includes Tom Izzo, Greg Campy, Calipari, uh, Jay Wright, and others. There's a lot on that group. Then um, the NCAA gave the autonomy to the National uh, Federation of High Schools to govern June events. Uh, when this was coming down the pike, I tried to reach out to our Division One coaches who ran team camps and who had events in June. So having been a high school coach for 25 years, uh, the month of June was heavy uh, summer league ball, events at your own high schools against other teams, and then going to Oakland, Central, Michigan, Michigan State, and others, and getting the best matchups you could, and uh, getting through that July 4th period, and then most times the kids would go to their club group in July and travel, and so they'd get a great summer, a full full June, and then a full July, and then they'd come back, get ready for fall sports. So when this was coming around that it could be moved to June, I talked to Greg Campy. I talked to mainly coaches in our state, Division I coaches, that do camps. And we had thought before the rules came out that we would be a, they would be able to run their team camps still. And we have a strong team camp culture. And then they were saying to us, we'll run our team camps if this is what's going to happen. And then maybe you do the one-day showcase like you've always done on a Sunday, either the last Sunday of the month or the... The other Sunday, which would have been the 23rd. I'm talking about reaching higher. That's the showcase. So that's where we were going on. They have strong team camps that uh, are breadwinners. The money goes back to their programs, especially your mid-major schools. And so... More the Division IIs and Division threes. Yeah, we we were... Yeah, so... And, um, you know, us high school guys that run events that, that, you know, that really were more about money. It was more about saving money to get competition, but... Needless to say, that was the original thought. Then the word was coming out that 
it could not be run at Division One institutions. So we were stuck in where, you know, you know, we have our reaching higher. We're going to try to get it on one of the Sundays, okay? And that was the goal. We, even to this date, we are still, uh, you know, it's just coming out on what the actual rules are. So up till the last, like yesterday, and I got it last night um, from the MHSAA, they got it, I believe, yesterday or Monday. We're speaking Tuesday. We're recording this on Wednesday. Show yeah. airs Thursday. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we didn't know what the actual rules are as far as who can who can work the camps. You know, what are we going to have to do as far as uh, certification process, the application process? None of that was um, organized or out yet. So all of that being said, um, obviously, I'm getting lots of calls from a lot of my good friends who are high school coaches who we've had great dialogue. We've had great dialogue. Yeah. And in a perfect world, we would like to do everything that everybody wants to do, but I think it's just going to take some time to figure out what was, what's going to be best. Um, we have, uh, we're close to having an event uh, being crystallized on April 17th where we're going to bring in uh, all seven one Division one coaches for uh, Indy Detroit and uh, with Horatio Williams he puts on an event every year, and we thought maybe we should get these guys in the same room, and I can get them with some of our board people uh, and our high school coaches in a private room, and we can we can discuss these things and say, all right, right now here's what we're doing. But what do you want next year? If it is a showcase one weekend, a team camp the other weekend, and that's what you want, then I would take it back to the MHSAA. And, again, all of this is volunteer now. There's no no we're lose we're gonna lose money if on any event we run because we're gonna charge the minimum we can we're going to um, uh, all the coaches are gonna be volunteers we're gonna have to uh, you know nobody's gonna make any money on any of these events and we do not get any any money zero money from the NCAA the NCAA's July period where they're gonna have the four regional uh, four regional sites they're flying in the families and their kids and keep putting them up for three days. It's going to be millions and millions of dollars spent. That's for the July period. For the July the camp, camp regional, national, their yep. regional, national, regional. Millions and millions of dollars spent. We're not getting any money to run our events in, in, in June. So that's a factor right now. Could there be some small stipends down the road from the NCAA when they realize that in a huge state, if you're going to run a team camp in Texas, you can only charge $200 a team, and you're going to stay overnight, how are you possibly going to make that work? I don't know. Those types of things are all, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to sift through it. And so um, right now, that's where we're at. And... You know, if you guys want to have more dialogue about it, it we, I mean, there's a lot of great things we can do. Um, but with the timing and the fact that we have established team camp culture in uh, our, our current colleges that we have, um, the feeling was to do a one-day event this year and then evaluate it. And then there, here's, the, here's the piece with the girls. 
the, the this has been mandated for the boys. The girls is is you know what are we going to do for the girls? Why shouldn't they have a June period? Well, we're getting ahead of it, and some of the other states are too. We're going to do girls at the same time as well, in hopes that the NCAA will say, "Well, we should do this for the girls too in June." Um, why? You know, we know why the boys. We're doing it for the boys. Everybody knows why, but you know, in the long run, I, I, we're going to try to get everything locked in at the same time. Uh, helps with cost as well because we thought about running a girls in July, boys in June. Now you're talking two different dates. Uh, twice as much cost because of the facilities and all that types of things when it comes to manpower. So, I mean, I wish I could be perfectly honest that this has really been uh, something that we've tried to do well, but it really is, you know, it really is going to be a trial and error for the first summer. And then we're going we're gonna to make it great. Trust me. We're going to eventually get what everybody would want to get, and I'll do everything in my power to make it work. But... Um, that's where we're at at this point. Yeah. Um, I just wish that the NCAA would have at least got some blue I, – I, let's say this. I understand what the NCAA is trying to do, and I be, and I'm, I think it's huge. All right, you're coaching uh, at John Glenn, you know, and all of a sudden uh, Roberts comes back or Mike Edwards, you know, they come back after uh, summer. Hey, coach, I got five offers, you know. Well – a lot of that you might have been kept out of the loop um, just because whether coaches are directly contacting my, or that player that they're, they're recruiting themselves or they're recruiting their AAU or the grassroots Whoever's coach. going through. Yeah, and whoever's going through. And my thing is I think that they're – that what they're what the NCAA is, is allowing is to give you guys – they're saying, hey, here's a winning lottery ticket. Scratch this, scratch that, and scratch this. Don't scratch this, and you will not lose. You know you or you won't win. Um, so I, I love that the NCAA did that, and I think it's a great opportunity for um, everybody to be kind of be on the same page. I know, you know, uh, yeah. which I think, which I think is essential just for raising for raising our youth. You know, as long as the adults are on the same page and they go and agree. You know, I mean, I'm, I don't know. There, I'm imagine there are a lot of parents out there and stuff like that. You know, now nah, don't ask me. Go ask. You know, go ask your dad. You know, or go ask your mom. Mm -hmm. You know, we've already talked. We're 10 steps ahead of you on this. You know, right. we already knew you were going to ask that question and stuff like that. But you're not going to play one versus the other. Um, and I and I kind of look at it, it like that. And as long as, you know, the coaches are on the same page, I think it's healthy for the the, the, the state of Michigan, the, or let's say the state of basketball. Um, and, and in saying that, I wish that they would have had a blueprint before they decided, all right, we're going to go to June 21st through the 23rd. We're going to go to June 28th to the 30th. Because what I'm afraid of is that with these six allotted days for only to use. Not really six. It's 6 p.m. on yeah. those Fridays. Well the, well, the three days. So two. I mean, it's not a total 72 hours. Yeah, it's not It's not yeah. six full days. It's yeah. 6 p.m. on a Friday. It's 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Yeah. 4 p.m. on Sunday. On Sunday. Yep. So it's. It's not three full days. It's right. two. It's two in a in a night. Mm -hmm. And I think that the, yeah, the the last game has to tip off at ten o'clock or something like that um, on Saturday night. Uh, at least that's why they do it on the AAU on the on the, on the, on the yeah the I, grassroots circuit. I don't want any guys in Orlando getting ticked off at me or anything like that. Um, but but it, but in saying that, I too wish late. yeah. But I, but I wish that well, there are some AAU yeah, teams that stuff like that. Some AAU. Orlando AAU is actually watching our show, then we're doing great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. but I but I wish that 
they would have maybe said, all right, is this plan going to work? Is this plan going to work? Right. So that so many people, so many organizations, like There's no question. And, and whether it be Indiana, Illinois, so that everyone's like, all right, this is going to work. We've got five different blueprints. These states can test this one out. You can test this one out. And then in 2020 or 2021, then we can say, and everybody gets together and say, hey, this worked great for us. And you kind of iron out the you know, iron out the wrinkles and stuff sure. like that so that it can be the most efficient program right. as possible. And I think that that's one thing that they don't do in the, in the certified uh, July events that are run, ran by a lot of grassroots teams or, or programs or individuals. Because it's kind of like a, a we're all going to fight for right. our own. Right. I was in, in I kind of put up, kind of put together a proposal that I sent out. One thing that I would like to see, just to make it balanced for everybody, is that if you you pay your two hundred dollars for team camp, which you know you have to cover the referees. I think that that's one of the you know some facilities they'll be able to say, hey, we can get it at a lower lower rate. Other other facilities will say, well, it's going to cost this, and so you know obviously we want to be more. Or excuse me, the you know high school athletics association and those involved want to be involved in the most cost effective, um, you no know question. gyms gyms that they, gyms that they can be. In say, in saying that, I think that if the 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 days are not taken advantage of, I'm afraid that a lot of these tourna- tournament directors are going to go to the NCAA and they're going to say. What do you mean tournament directors? Who do you mean by tournament directors? Certified tournament directors for like the when the when they have them in April, like there's a. For a, so, club, so uh, yeah, grassroots ball. Yeah, yeah, grassroots basketball. And so they're going to say, look, we lost days. They didn't take advantage of the days that they were given. It's hurting us. And they're not. And what they're going to do is they're going to point the finger. I mean, they've already started pointing oh, the finger. Oh, they're all pointed anyway. Yeah, just because, I mean, I mean they're, they're going to, they're, hey, it is what it is. They're losing money. And so, I mean, anybody's losing money, they're going to say, hey, that's not right. You know, I mean, it's almost like, hey, but I want to put a, this in my hot dogs. It was a dogs. multi-million dollar oh, Industry I mean, I would, that has been billions. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm just uh, a high school basketball coach yeah. who helps try yeah. to try to help a state. So I, I don't right. know, but I, there's a lot of money involved. Yeah, and uh, I'm, yeah, I, I just I, don't I, want those guys to come out and say point the finger. Oh, and they then, will, and then try to have everything flipped before everything can be yeah, I, set and say, hey, this is what we're doing in 2020. You know, our thing is is that we've got great. You know the fact that BCAM has college coaches on our uh, as part of our membership to be able to go in and talk to Coach Izzo and talk to Coach Campy and Coach mm-hmm. Beeline and their staff and and Coach Hawkins and and um, just met Mike Davis and uh, Keno Davis and, and and talk to these guys is that they're we're going to eventually in our state do what they want us to do. That's the bottom line. Yeah. And so that that's going to continually be my message to everyone in our state is that is that this is for the 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 kids that are going to play for those guys i would even go further and, than that because and, be recruited by everybody yeah but as far as our state yeah. and how we would and, and 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 get that plan in place and if that means this or that means that that will be what we'll try to do um but just the way things have gone so far with not knowing the rules uh, until just recently and, and here, here say this, and we're just now getting into now looking at the process of how it's going to go after the events are done and what that's going to entail. Um, it's going to be a year one, evaluate, and then regroup. But I'm really excited about getting the seven guys together 
and hearing what they have to say and then getting on a round table with in front of our coaches in Detroit on April 17th. Uh, it's real close to being finalized, and I think that would be really good to say, hey, here are the things we do really well in our state, but here's, here's how we can improve and, you know, and, and get kids excited about being in our state, staying in our yeah. state, and grinding and, and getting better. And in the long run, it, it really working out for them. So help me out here for a sec. Just if there is someone who is kind of lost a little in the fog of what's going on. So the certified periods now are the 21st or 23rd. You said it's like two and a half days. That's what so it's Friday. Like, it's Friday at yeah. four o'clock, uh, Friday at six o'clock. Right. On to June twenty first, on to, to the to, to the Sunday, uh, the twenty third yeah. at four o'clock, and then the following weekend, same, same thing. thing. Right, Friday, and, Saturday, Sunday. Right, and so right now, all there is is just reaching higher. So, so here's that's how it all works. That's allowed. The NCAA gave it gave the autonomy or the control or the governing body of the June events to the National Federation of High Schools. Yeah. Michigan, we are 99.9% National Federation. We're all under that umbrella. Okay. So they, the uh, National Fed sends the rules to the MHSAA office, which got there this week. Yeah. Then they meet with us, BCAM, and say, da-da-da-da-da, here are the rules. Here we so the MHSAA is going to be the governing body. The National Federation, whether they wanted it or didn't want it, yeah, have it. <laughs> the MHSAA, whether they wanted it or didn't want it, it's it's now in their lap. Yeah, and BCAM is the organized basketball association that will run the events for them. Now, if we're in a state, this just came out. Yeah, if if you're in New York or Texas, and you're a part of a national organization, but you're not a part of the National Federation, they're going to allow you to run events, but you cannot run events jointly with the National Federation. So in New York, they can run an event, but New York City has to run a separate event. So that is tearing apart the BCAMs of New York and the BCAMs of Texas and so North Carolina. So they can't compete against each other? They can't so if work. So if, you're in, you're, so if you're in Ithaca, New York, you can't play uh, because of PS. So you, you heard that New York, if yeah. you're not in the National Federation of High Schools, you can't run events. Mm. We, we went to our college coaches and said, is this really what you want? So Zion Williamson, he went to a private school in South Carolina. He wouldn't be, able to allow, he wouldn't be allowed to go to Shouldn't have gone to private school. So, because he's not part of the National Federation <laughs> right. of High Schools. Right, right. So now we're hearing that they're going to allow, if they're part of the National High School Basketball High School Basketball Coaches Association, which is what we're a part of as well. The calls I'm on every weekend, those conference calls, that those are the guys. We're all trying to fight the good fight. Yeah. They're saying, well, yeah, they can run an event as long as they're a member of, but they can't run those events together. So the National Federation, and in New York City, they can't. Their kids can't play against one another. They can't run a joint events. So again, when you don't have the finances, how can you run separate events, separate? But yet, it's just it's making it very difficult for us high school guys to do these types of things. In our state, we're all National Fed, so it works out. Um, but. 
in other states, it's still going to be very difficult to run events. So, but you can still charge the teams. Let's say this. Like, for, still, for, but for but certified, BCAM, yeah. so now, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 let's say New York is Michigan. Mm-hmm. The DPS, public schools in Detroit, they, in New York, are in a separate association. They play for a different state championship. And then your privates in New York, like Country Day and Catholic Central yeah. and Divine Child, UAD, they're a separate association. They play for their own state championships. And then there's the rest of the state. So there's three associations. This association is National Fed. We can run an event. Now they're saying if they're a part of a high school organization, they can run an event. Can't run an event together. So you can see how. But does that affect Michigan? No, it doesn't affect us. But I'm saying that in, in states of New York, they still might not run an event because of all the governing bodies types of things that are causing them to not run events together. Yeah. And when you run separate events on separate days, separate weekends, what does that do? It adds to the cost. And high school organizations, if you can only charge 200 a team. Now, when you go to a team camp, is it always just 200? Or no, it, people like, charge on, 450. Hold on, hold on. Five, yeah, Oakland yes. University charges like $600. Well, I, mean, I thought it was four, four, four fifty. fifty. Well, let's four say fifty. Two hundred fifty dollars. And he thing. gives a lot Same of games, and he gives, you know, he gives, yeah. you know, it, and and he's got, he's built it up. So, but, but for two hundred dollars, if you have a huge state, for two hundred dollars, that's going to be difficult to cover costs, especially when you start going multiple days. So when you say yeah. we want multiple day events, now you're staying overnight. Now you're, I mean. For $200, it's almost impossible to run. Michigan might be able to pull it off, but I'm t- I, I, when I speak, I speak for the whole country. New York, Texas, yep. and those states that are not going to run events are they because it's just too difficult financially to do these types of things. It's just really frustrating. I, I've kind of looked at it like, well, I, well, we obviously both talked to a bunch of coach, high school coaches and stuff like that. We've been in dialogue, yeah. and that's what we should yeah. do. Guys Let's, should call us and, and, and hashing and, it out and yep, stuff like I, that. You know, and, and just trying to make it. I'm telling you where we're kids. where we're at, yeah. and then, but I'm also telling you we're going to evaluate and we're going to look at things uh, in 2020 and beyond for sure. Yeah, because some of the guys that I've talked to, like for example, I've talked to George Ward, I've talked to Keith Guy, and I've talked to T.J. Mearman, for example. Yep. I'm just yep. throw I've talked to those same three guys. Yeah. So, and then some of those guys I've said like play a fr- you play friday if i'm king i'm playing in D- in in detroit on saturday we can stay at home on saturday we can go to play in grand rapids and then we could come back and de- come back to detroit so i'm th- just trying to figure out different ways to work <sighs> yeah, with the, with the hotels but I know. from but from going from one place to another i mean i look kind of kind of also look at it from the i guess the grassroots certified events where they charge 650 dollars a team and kids always come up with it. The money always shows up for it. If you wanted to say, "Hey, kid, would you like to play in front of a Division One coach? It's going to cost you twenty-five bucks." Yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of parents that would say that sounds like a good investment to me. Hey, twenty-five dollars, and I'm going to see my kid for the weekend. Get out of here. I mean, I'm just not, we all love our kids. Right? Yes, no, but I'm just saying. But yeah. but at the but at the same time, I think that there's money that can be that can be drawn up. I'm not sure why they're only limiting it to two hundred dollars. I also have heard that. 
So we're all familiar with the ever so popular coaches packets. I know that college coaches love buying those packets. Hundred and fifty max. They love going to EYBL tournaments and paying four hundred dollars for the packet, and then they go to Adidas and pay another four hundred, and then they go to Under Armour and they pay another four hundred, and that's over the course of five days. My thing is, if they're only if they're tipping it, if they're maxing it out at one hundred fifty dollars, I think that you know that their their college coaches are going to be ecstatic about it. Um, I don't think that it's really that tough to gather all the, the information from – if I go to every single one of my, my players and say, I need you to write down your address, I need you to write down your Twitter, I need you to write down your phone number, and here's the high school coaches. And your grades and your ACT. Well, that's even what AAUs don't – AAU, I mean, grassroots programs, they don't they don't cover the – Academic the, part the, of it. The, the academic part, and I think that that's Can you qualify? What are your for grades? For the high school coaches What's your ACT involved, score? Because you guys are in the school, and so therefore when somebody calls and says, I want the transcripts, they're not allowed to – I mean, unless they're grassroots coaches in the school. They, I, I can't call up and say, hey, what's, uh, what's uh, Joe Smith's uh, – um, um, core GPA, what's his overall GPA, and what's his test score? They're gonna say, yeah, "Who are you?" Oh, I'm just a regular guy, just calling off the street, you know. And that's one thing where I, where the importance of having high school coaches involved. And I, one thing that I also like about the high schools is that they have far more practice than they than with the grassroots programs. It's not an individual event, and when players a lot of the times look better when they're when they. I mean, it's prior preparation prevents poor performance. You know, and that's what the high school practices can bring along. And so everybody just looks that much better. I think it opens up a lot of doors for having high school coaches uh, or, excuse me, for having um, a June certified periods for high school team camps because now all of a sudden a college coach can say, oh, yeah, wow, this is great. I think a lot of high school that's coaches That's originally will come back. what we thought yeah. it was going to look like is that they would allow colleges to run their own team camps. Well, and then we would yeah. run a one-day event well, to – to bring it all together. But I think that they and, would also cause them to compete where it's easier for yeah. BCAM to say, hey, look, this is what everybody's going to everybody's going to be on. You got to pay your $100 or you got to pay your $200 to make sure we're covering refs. For the vast majority of all the high school coaches in the state of Michigan, you know, they're on the same page. It's all about them, the kids and stuff like that, sure. you know, and making the state of Michigan better. On the grassroots scene, those guys are going after Everybody wants the family. Everybody wants the Michigan Mustangs. Everybody wants the Reach program. Everybody, and they're they're, and I'm going to say it. I mean, it's 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 financially driven. Where I think a lot of with high school coaches, it's, it's not it's, financially driven. It's, it's not financially. It's, right. it's, it's morally. It's more. It's morally driven. It's about the development. Volunteers. It's about the development of. And how many coaches players. in the yeah. summer have worked forever in their life in the summer, and we're not getting paid. Yeah, we're working guys out in the mornings. And then we're going to summer league in the afternoon or night, and we're going to universities yep. all over the country to try to get our, not all over the country, but I mean Midwest, three hundred miles. And you're, and you're uh, in the summer, and you're doing it because you want to have a good team, and you're trying to help your guys, and yep. that's where we're all coming from. I'll be interested to see what our college coaches in our state would like us to do after this year, because we're going to be all ears on what they would want. I, and 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 in saying that, like I look at like Oakland's team camp. The only Division One coaches that are there are Oakland University. Now, if they're only taking two or three guys per year per graduating class onto their staff, but they're bringing a thousand or let's say a hundred teams, you know, you're watching a thousand kids. Well, nine hundred ninety-seven of them are going to be out in the dark. Whereas you have a certified event. Let's say it's at Westland John Glenn. You know, well, if you get fifty coaches that are there, then that's then that just broadens the opportunities for a lot of kids to be seen. 
and just not recruited by Oakland University. You know, shoot, if my parents went to the University of Detroit and I said, hey, Mom, Dad, I got an offer from Oakland University, they're going to say, great, we can't wait for that University of Detroit offer because that's where you're going to go to walk on. You're not going to go to Oakland University. I just know that there are parents that there are kids out there that kind of have that, that legacy feeling. You know, it's, it's MSU or bust, you know. And so hey, by if the, you get offered. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. Look, very, well, whoever yeah, loves yeah, you, I'm, I'm all about give them yeah. just as much love back because. Well, some people aren't stressing about 200 grand or 100 grand right, on, on right. college tuition like other right. people are. Yeah. You know, whoever so, loves you, love yeah, them back. Some people are because that might be the best place for you. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, I mean, yeah. uh, we're, we're all on the same page. We all yeah. want what's best. Um, it's going to be a process. Um, we're listening and we're going to. Uh, put on a great event this summer and then we're gonna you know i'm really interested to see in april to talk to the coaches and see what they have to say month after st patrick's day yep. right april 17th yep i've talked to a lot of high school coaches already uh we've had lots of dialogue here at state champs which is just a great place to uh have a good round table discussion face to face and people can hear you know the things that we're all trying to go through and and to make things better and so um it's it's been really good sure, all right sure. Cool, cool, cool. All right, well, we're almost 30 minutes into this oh, we're thing. Good. So we're good. good conversation. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe what we do is we can do a special off-season version of, of hang time maybe after this April meeting and uh, if it's allowed to, to kind of talk about some of the things that were uh, discussed, perhaps. Yeah, we're, we're going to uh, – we're excited to uh, get those guys in the room and, and uh, it hasn't been totally finalized, but okay. it's, it's very, very close and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. Um, and we're going to have open dialogue on stage. Tim McCormick's going to emcee it, but yet we're, I'd, I'd obviously like to get some yeah. private uh, conversations yes. with the group to see yes. what they think yeah. and what they would want um, as they look at, you know, how, how they are going to be recruiting and, and what dates they have and how they want to take advantage of how they're uh, evaluating kids. So. All right. Great. Well, then what cool. we'll do is we'll keep you updated. And uh, again, you know, if you're watching this on social media, feel free to comment. Uh, we can discuss these uh, throughout the kind of and we'll the rest try to of, answer of your questions yeah. as they come about. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Great. So, if Thank it's you. Facebook, if it's Twitter, if it's YouTube, go ahead. We'll try to aggregate those responses. If you have some, otherwise, if you just enjoy the conversation, then say, okay, I see where things are at right now, and uh, sure, I want to see things this way or that way. Um, but uh, I know that. Uh, it's not something that's just being thrown. It's just being tossed aside. Mm. The, the the discussion continues, yep. and uh, we sure. will uh, react accordingly. That's At the right. end of the day, it's going it, to work. day, we'll figure yes. it out. Yeah. Yes. Right. All right. Beautiful. All right. So. Again, I'm going to put this at the end of hang time since it has such it's it's its own animal. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll kind of wrap up the show right here with that, and uh, and again that way people can just consume it on its own or uh, stick to more right. of the the regular hoops talk. So awesome. again, thanks for being a part. And again, we want to continue to do this stuff. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.